Hello and welcome to the first edition of the CBS Sounds podcast. This is a podcast series produced by our team at CBS Group, the parent company of CBS Cleaning, CBS Waste and CBS Removals. CBS Sounds is a place where we discuss all things waste disposal, removals and cleaning with expert opinions, engaging conversation and some fun along the way. Our adventures will take us on the road to meet people in a COVID-compliant way and we'll also be welcoming people over to our place with all safety considerations in mind. My name is Daniel Baker and I will be your host. In our first ever podcast, we explore waste collection, which is the speciality of CBS Waste. And one man who has been a customer, domestic and commercial of ours, is David Chicken from recruitment agency 12 Talent. And he joins us today to discuss office revamp. So, hello David. Hi, hi Daniel, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, good, good. Very good, thank you. Good stuff. So, first things first, you've been a customer of ours, both domestic and commercial. I have, yeah. I've used both services and and, uh, found both to be very good so far. And what did we do for you? On a domestic front, we had a clearance, basically. So we had a a garage and the side of our house, which had been left in a bit of a mess for many years, uh, cleared. So uh, a van came uh, with a couple of guys who cleared out um, a lot of of waste. So that was everything from garden waste to furniture to bikes, lawnmowers, all types of stuff that we'd had were broken and damaged and had been around for far too long that I hadn't been uh, bothered to take to the tip um, and this was a great way of getting them all removed in one easy go. And presumably we did a good job and you were very happy. You did do an excellent job. It was very very good. Uh, the guys that came uh, were well prepared. The van was uh, you know suitable for the works it was doing and there were some fairly heavy items there that they that they managed to uh, to lift and move uh, onto the vehicle which could have been a problem if they hadn't been well prepared because you know they were they were proper two man lifts on on some of those items. So yeah, no, very very good. Uh, and I said they came on time when they were supposed to. Um, you know, all we had to do was make them a cup of tea, and that was kind of it, really. Brilliant. And from a commercial point of view as well, we did some work for you at your business because you're a recruitment agent. So that's the kind of field you're in at the moment. Yeah. Do you tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so we have we have two agencies, um, Twelve Talent and Recruital, uh, and we were during the the last eighteen months has been an interesting time, obviously for everybody. So we had a, an office in Burwell, which we hadn't been in. We went in it for about a month, mm-hmm. and we decided that having then not gone in it for another 12 months we might as well close that office and wait until we knew what uh, the future would hold uh, for for an office location so we decided to close the office and get rid of a lot of the equipment and things we had in there so we called um, Caroline here at uh, CBS uh, and she organized the rest for us really so we had um, the guys came over so they dismantled uh, all the furniture Um, so that was desks chairs Equipment, um, you know, we had uh, we had fridges, freezers, and all sorts in there, and then took those all away. Um, and it's quite tricky because we were in an old Maltings building, and we were the very top office. So the guys had to work extremely hard because it was up and down on a huge amount of uh, steps, taking every single item in and out. And they were windy old steps as well in, in an old Maltings, as you might uh, as you might imagine. So it was really good, um, and and again a, a great service. The guys were in. We sort of helped them plot the best route through the building, uh, and it, it was all done during the last sort of three months as well. When we, you know, there are restrictions on on how they can move and how they can interact in the building, and they they did all of that COVID compliant manner. And what was the kind of reasoning for revamping the office? Was it just to sort of downsize because of the way people are working, or to sort of kind of make it more COVID compliant? What was the kind of thinking yeah, behind that? We we decided that because we'd had, you know, we've had basically 12 months of not using that office and everybody was quite comfortable working from home that we would take a pause on on having an office space 
until we knew what the future what the future held. And, and I know we're not the only company who've had to do that recently. So now we're sort of plotting our route through the next few months, and I think we're all hoping that some more restrictions are coming in on the 19th. Then we'll be looking again at another office locally and then we'll be going back in there and putting furniture and everything else back in. Is it kind of looking quite different in terms of character to what it did before or looking kind of same but different? What's, what's uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very different now. We're, we're, you know, we, we had an office with, with people coming in every day and desks and, and interacting with people and our whole industry has basically moved to being a far more virtual experience. It, it was kind of going that way pre-COVID anyway. Um, we were big fans of doing um, using video technology to do a lot of interviews and presenting packages to clients of videos of staff or future staff I should say Um, and what it means is that you know you can speed up the process so for a client experience they don't have to sit block out tons of time to meet people on a first interview basis they can use the video technology to review them very quickly and go through the process whereas you know traditionally they'd be blocking out half a day for people to come in and do their interviews so what we've tried to do is condense that by using the video technology and it also means there's a lot less face-to-face so the office doesn't look like it used to we don't need to have people in we don't need to use meeting rooms um, and, and things like candidates don't come in everything we do with the candidates is online and is virtual so that's a day in the life of the office and the way your work has changed yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it's completely completely different now we have virtual touch points so we'll have a 9 30 every morning where the whole team are together on a team's meeting um, and then once a week we are face-to-face, uh, now we're allowed to, uh, and then once a month we have a bigger meeting where everyone gets together to do um, their, their presentations about what the month's done and their, their performance stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, it looks very different now from, from where we were uh, 12, 18 months ago. Do you see this as becoming something of a trend that other businesses will do as well, that they'll actually have a clear out and they'll actually use it as an opportunity to downsize or yeah, revamp? I, I do, absolutely I do. I think um, whilst there are, there are pressure from other areas for, for companies to get back to having employees in an office. If companies have now worked out that they can run and survive and generate the same levels of income by not having large premises. You know, I know of a, a very large accountancy firm in London who, who have now closed their office purely for that reason, that they've managed to survive all the way through the last 18 months performing in the same way and not had, not had the staff in the office. And it hasn't had a detrimental impact on their presence. Even with so-called Freedom Day coming up and the lifting of all restrictions, Freedom Day, of course, being a bit of a buzzer yeah, yeah, at the moment, yeah, yeah. it's something that uh, the, sort of the press, if you like, and, yeah. and the people reporting on the on the pandemic have been saying, is it possible and indeed likely that some offices will actually say, you know what, even though there's no restrictions, we'll still have social distancing, we'll still require masks, we'll still have sanitisation stations. Do you think that's going to become, again, another trend? I think it will. I think a lot of people, I think it's down to individuals, obviously, but if you have an individual who's running a department or a building and their preference is still, uh, you know, for wearing masks, then I think their own personal preference will be put across that business. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who, even though we are coming to Freedom Day, as you say, potentially they, they still have a, a, an issue with, without wearing a mask. So, so I think it will be down to personal preference, and I think some offices will still keep keep distancing and, and keep all the precautions in place. And I think just generally as a, as a nation now, we, we'll start to do a lot more of that, you know, sanitising your hands, wearing a mask maybe when you're in a supermarket, things that become obvious. I mean, there's some strange ones that they haven't obviously relaxed. Things like on the trains and things, you would imagine that they would have kept those in place come Freedom Day, but they have been relaxed, whereas that would seem an obvious one to have kept in place. And of course, it relies on people being responsible and being thoughtful and respecting what people want, even if it's not a legal requirement. Absolutely, yeah. I think, uh, I think that's, it's, it's obvious for some people, unfortunately not everybody, that 
you know, if, if somebody's wearing a mask and they're stood uh, looking at something in a supermarket, they probably don't want you crowding around them because they feel that you're going to be in their space. So I think you've just got to, you know, you've got to be respectful for what other people say. And that's the same in business. If you come into a business, like when you came here today, you know, you've got the signs up, you know, wear your mask, sanitise, temperature, everything's the right way of, of doing it. And, and so you respect that when you come in. And how does the future look for your business in particular? It's a bit of a strange one for us at the moment because whilst you know the recruitment levels um, in the UK are back to kind of pre-COVID now, so the employment numbers are, are fairly sort of stable, we haven't yet had the impact of post-furlough, which will be September when that really gets felt. And I think that's generally a, that's not just for our industry. I think that will be a bigger impact on all industries is what happens when people return from furlough. So for our industry at the moment, we've got this sort of Lots of jobs, people you know, advertising lots of roles, not very many people applying because they are very nervous about moving from the roles that they're in. It's fairly obvious if in an uncertain market, if you've got a job, you're not going to give that job up and for the chance that the one you're going to might not be as good or might not, be, uh, might not have the longevity of the one you're in. So we're finding that there aren't many people looking to move at the moment. Now, come September when furlough ends, there will be an awful lot more people available because there'll be a huge amount of companies that will not continue or will not take those staff back post furlough. So we're in a situation where I think we're waiting come September. The market should increase for us with the candidates. Uh, so we've got no shortage of jobs, but there's just a very big shortage of candidates at the moment. And what will your kind of stance be on kind of working? You know, would it kind of be a hybrid working scheme that we've seen rolled out or people can sort of choose what they feel is they're more comfortable with, pick days? How will that sort of work? Yeah, I mean, we, we've always been fairly flexible, so it, it won't change so much from that point of view. I think we will, ultimately we will end up with an, uh, with an office again where people will come in, but it will be touch points, so it will be, you know, maybe a day a week when everybody is in, uh, and then apart from that you can kind of work out how it best suits you. And, and I think that's, that's kind of what we're aiming for, is what works with people's own work-life balance. I think gone are the days where, especially in our industry, where it's a, you know, it's a nine till five sat in an office, Plowing away on the phones, people work a lot better in, in relaxed environments and where they can choose, they can walk away from what they're doing, they can come back and, you know, potentially watch Homes Under the Hammer for 10 minutes and then come back and do some more work. <laughs> or, you know, maybe that's just me with Homes Under the Hammer, but I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, that's very true. This is, this is, daytime television has certainly been, uh, yeah. <laughs> been become part of some people's everyday life Absolutely. as well, for better or worse, I yeah, should yeah. think, as well, in that, in that sense. But uh, no, great. Well, we're very, very pleased that uh, you've worked with us. And what I would like to say as well is very best of luck for the future of the business. And thank you very much for coming in and being a part of the CBS Sounds podcast, our first ever edition. And if you want to book a job with us, you can contact us on info at cbs-waste.org. You can call us on 01480 220 You can send us a message through our Facebook page. And that is the end of episode one of CBS Sounds. And we'll see you again soon.